Welcome to episode 195 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is the second episode in a row that I've recorded in my pajamas. This is great. (laughs) I love this. And this is the first 40 miles. Today on the first 40 miles, this week we'll talk about an upcoming week-long trip and what we're doing to prepare. Then, if you've got an itch to hit the trail, but you have no gear, we'll hook you up with a company who can supply the gear for your first trip. For today's Backpack Hack of the Week, Josh downloaded the perfect navigation app for our upcoming backpacking adventure, and we'll share a little trail wisdom from someone who didn't do anything halfway. All this, and that's about it, today on the first 40 miles. We have a friend that we've mentioned on the show quite a few times because he was kind of the, uh, well, he shoved me off the edge of the diving board of backpacking and uh, invited me to come with him and my husband and some other people on my first backpacking trip. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, blame it all on Steve. Anyway, Steve turned 70 this year, which I don't think he would mind us sharing on the podcast because he's pretty proud of it. And he's really excited about this adventure that he's planned for this summer. He's doing the Oregon section of the PCT in celebration of turning 70 years old, which is a pretty ambitious goal. But he's been preparing, you could say he's been preparing his whole life, but he's been really putting in some miles this year. He's got his gear scattered all over. I shouldn't say scattered, it's probably organized in piles and boxes and stuff, but it's definitely taking up some square footage in his house and he is ready to go. In fact, the way that he planned this trip, I think was really unique and really smart because not everyone can devote a whole month of their life to do a long trail. And so what he's done, because he didn't want to hike alone, is he has invited specific people to do sections of this hike. So he'll be hiking for six weeks, and he has a different hiking companion that he's invited for each of those weeks. We're the third week, and we've invited three of our children to come with us. So it's going to be quite a little group hiking down the trail. It'll be fun. We're going to be accompanying Steve from Willamette Pass north to Santiam Pass, total of 93 miles. It's from Pacific Crest Trail mile number 1906 to 1999. Along the way, we're going to hike past Sisters. There's three mountains called the Three Sisters. We're going to hike right around the base of Mount Washington. Around the middle of the week, we get to stop at Elk Lake and have real food. Overpriced food. Oh, it's overpriced. All right. But, I mean, I calculated it out, and we can feed all of us a meal at Elk Lake in the middle of the week, and it would still be way less than it would cost to pay for one night at a hotel. I mean, we'll be away from home for the entire week, not paying for any of those nights. That's pretty cool. Every night on the PCT, it's free. So, anyway, we'll splurge for a meal at Elk Lake. But also, this particular section of the PCT in Oregon has a lot of lava fields, open areas direct sunlight, not a lot of shade. So we're we're preparing for some hot, dry weather as well, including a stretch of how many miles? Like maybe 15, 10 or 15 miles. It was a full day. With no water source. 
So we're going to have to pack today's and tomorrow's water for that stretch. Yeah, you have to have enough for for a meal, for a dinner, I think, during that stretch and an overnight. And and it's not till the next day that you get to water again. So that'll be tricky. We've met with Steve a couple times over the past few months just to share the itinerary with us and make sure we're still on board. Uh, He came over just a couple weeks ago to give us more details, kind of walk through each day of the hike how many miles, where we would be camping, and what that day would be like in terms of terrain and access to water, elevation, um, just getting us kind of mentally prepared for what that piece of the hike is going to look like. And I love how Steve is mentally preparing for this. He said it's basically about 35 day hikes. So he's broken it up in his mind. It's not going to be a whole month of hiking day after day. He's approaching this really smart kind of mentally saying, okay, I can do one day at a time. And I think on the trail, it might even come down to one mile or one step at a time. Sometimes that's what you got to do, one step at a time. It gets that way sometimes. So you said we're bringing the kids along. We should probably talk about that. Yeah. So I have 100% confidence in our two oldest boys, They are adult-sized. They can take long steps. They can carry significant weight on their back. But we've also invited our 10-year-old, and he is a stellar hiker. He's been hiking, you know, for the last four years and can carry some weight, but not as much as the older boys. So to be gone for a whole week, hiking every single day, 10 to 15 miles a day, is going to be a real challenge for him but it could end up being a real challenge for us because we may have to carry some of the load. I have no doubt he could do 10 to 15 miles just walking, but it's the the carrying weight that kind of makes me think I might be splitting some of that weight with him. Mm, And I'm a little less optimistic than you. Uh, When you say 10 to 15 miles a day, it's 15. It's 93 miles, six days of hiking. So that's actually a little more than 15 a day. Which means there might be some days that are more than 15 miles. The longest that we've hiked with him has probably been maybe 10 miles in one day as a day hike. We've done overnighters that are maybe four miles in, four miles out. So that's four miles a day with a pack. Uh, 15 is different than four. And, and I guess uh, I'm worried about doing that day after day. I know through hikers kind of get their legs under them after a couple of weeks. So the people that start at the Mexican border and hike all the way to the Canadian border, after a couple of weeks, they kind of get in their groove and they're putting on marathons every day, 25 miles. But that takes a little bit of time to ramp up. Uh, so anyway, I kind of wonder, like, if we do 15 miles on day one, what's day two going to look like for him? What about day three, day four? I don't know. That's what I'm worried about. I just know he's 10 years old. He's going into fifth grade and he is full of energy and he's a strong kid. And he's also expressed to me that he really wants to go back to school and tell people that he hiked 100 miles. So there's a little bit of that, oh, I don't know what you'd call it, pride or (laughs) ambition. And I kind of want to feed that while he's young and have him do something great, but support him in that. So. I think we'll just really have to watch and see. And I'm preparing to pack very conservatively, knowing that I may be helping him quite a bit on the trip. But I'm okay with that. Well, his attitude going into it would probably be one of the biggest factors. If it's something that he really feels like he wants to achieve, then there will be some motivation behind it. If he's like, 
Uh, yeah, well, you know, mom and dad invited me, so okay, I'll go. He won't quite have that, that power behind it, that, the mental power behind exactly. it. So that can make a big difference. Well, okay, so I guess if he does go, then we have to commit to hike an extra seven miles somewhere during the week, right? So we can get from 93 to 100 oh, miles. <laughs> that is exactly. pretty cool. I mean, I would like to say I hiked 100 miles too, <laughs> although 93 sounds fine to me. <laughs> well, a lot is going into this week-long trip, and we wanted to share with you today the top five things that we're doing to prepare for this trip. You know, it's one thing to go on an overnighter, can forget a lot of things and be fine overnight. But for a week-long trip, there's some mental preparation and packing and it's just some logistics that you've got to work out before you go. So these are the five things that we're doing to prepare for this week-long trip on the Pacific Crest Trail. The number one thing that we're doing is we're just taking care of basic logistics of a week-long hike. That means we've met with Steve to get all the details of the trip. He's mapped out water, stopping points, daily miles. Uh, we know what's happening the first day of the hike. We're going to be meeting with someone, probably his wife, maybe someone else, um, who will transport us to the trailhead. And then there's all those logistics of leaving home, like making sure your home is secure, Making sure the zucchinis in our garden don't get too out of control. Oh, boy. Probably happen while we're gone. Um, that we have church responsibilities. We have the podcast that we'll need to make sure is all running smoothly before we go. Um, so, yeah, all those little bits and pieces, all those little logistics. The food is another thing that we're already getting ready for and packing up just so we can be ready to go. Yeah, the logistical stuff, it's a combination of preparing for the logistics of the trip itself, what you're going to pack and, and knowing what your itinerary is and, and having the right gear, plus all the logistics of what you're leaving behind, like you said, the stuff back at home, the stuff you're not going to do because you're going to be gone. Luckily, uh, we have a sprinkler system that I've been able to adapt to water our garden. So uh, the garden is on a timer and it'll stay watered while we're gone. That's nice. But yeah, I don't know what we can do about the zucchini. Send someone over to pick it. <laughs> For food, I'm planning on about two pounds a day of food that's at least 100 calories per ounce. And that'll give me about 3,500 calories per day, which I think will be sufficient, plus a little bit of a buffer. Uh, Heather, you might pack a little bit less yeah. based on your past experience. Yeah, I'm about a pound a day. Okay. So I'm going to be carrying like 15 pounds of food <laughs> at the beginning of the week. My pack is going to get a lot lighter throughout the week. Anyway, I've been super busy with work this summer, so in some ways it's been a little tough for me to, to really get prepared for the trip. Uh, but for my birthday, Heather packed seven days of food for me, each in its own Ziploc bag, breakfast, trail food, and dinner. So now I don't have to worry about my food. It's all packed, ready to go. The number two thing that we're doing to prepare for this week-long trip is we're doing some load-bearing hikes and miles. So we're not just jumping into this trip unprepared. We've done a couple 8 to 10 mile hikes and we haven't done a shakedown yet, but that is on the list of things to do. See, this is another area though where I've been so busy with work this summer, I don't feel like I've really done enough load-bearing hikes and miles. I get out for a walk every day, and we've done a couple day hikes, but uh, I haven't hiked very many miles with my pack on my back this summer, so I'm a little worried about that. I've got to get busy. And I can tell you who's going to plan our shakedown. Our 10-year-old. 
He's been printing off maps and planning places to go and wanted to go backpacking the week of your birthday. But that was like your birthday was right in the middle of the week. And I was like, oh, we can't leave daddy at home alone while he's working and just take off. (laughs) We got to be there for his birthday. But he really wants to get out. So even though, Josh, you've got a tough work schedule this summer, I think we'll still head out on a shakedown hike with me and the boys and just, yeah, gauge gauge how they're doing. And I'm guessing we'll do the Metolius River because that's the one they've been begging to go back to. We had such a great time on the Metolius River. So that'll probably be our shakedown hike. That would be great. And that's going to help with the number three thing that we're doing to prepare for this hike. And that is gauging our youngest son's experience level and figuring out if he can do this. Uh, It would make me a lot more comfortable to know that he had put in a 15-mile day before we hit the trailhead on the PCT. All right. Well, I'll make sure that happens before we go out on this long hike because I feel the same way. Like, I just want to know that he can do it because he really wants to do it. But physically, I think it's important for us to know, is a 15-mile day reasonable for a 10-year-old? Yeah. I remember back to your first 40-mile hike when Steve invited you to go only a week before the hike started, and the first thing I said was, okay, put my pack on your back and find a road or a trail or something near town and go hike five miles on Monday and just see what it feels like, and and then you'll have a good idea if you really want to do this. And, And so I think it'll be similar for him. He's done that. He's done a few miles in a day with a pack on, but he's never done 15 in a day. And it would just give him that sense of, okay, this is what it's really going to be like. It's not going to be a walk in the park. Yeah, when you said he's done a few miles, he's done a few backpacking miles with weight on his back, but he's definitely done more miles, like around 8 to 10, without a pack on his back. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's yeah, the combination. combination of the two, weight plus distance. Yeah. And the number four thing we're doing to prepare for this week-long trip is reminding ourselves that the hike is going to be what we make it. Josh and I had a conversation the other day that kind of made me laugh because I said, okay, for this hike with Steve, I really want to have some structure to it. I want to have, you know, these things that I plan for each day or these routines or rituals that I do each day just so it's more of an experience for me and more like I get something tangible out of it. You know, I have journal entries that I can refer back to and sketches and all these things. And I said, well, Josh, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I want a week with no structure at all. I want to escape the structure that I have every day. Right. It's so funny because that was a complete reversal of who we are in real life. Josh is completely structured and very, um, you know, things are planned out and mapped out and calendared out. But when he goes hiking, he wants the opposite. And for me, I have a very free-form life, a very loose schedule. I'm a stay-at-home mom, and so the things that I do at home are the things of my choosing. And a lot of the things, you know, I respond to based on my family's needs, not necessarily uh, based on what other people are asking me to do. Or, you know, I don't have a 10 o'clock meeting every day that I have to meet with all these people. So I have a very free-form life. And yet for this trip, I really kind of craved some kind of structure, predictability, some rigidness, I guess, to the hike. So I thought it was really interesting. This hike is going to be what we make it, and it's going to be different for every single person on the hike. But I think it's really important for us to figure out what we want for ourselves on the hike and check in with each other and kind of see 
what their goals are too. By adding our sons into the mix, that means there's a few additional people we need to check with and see what they're planning to get out of the hike and, and make sure that it has something for them. It's not so much that, that the hike has something for them because the hike has something for everyone, but to make sure that they come in with that attitude of that the hike is going to be what they make it. And the number five thing we're doing to prepare for this week-long trip is we're mentally preparing for the unexpected. There's a lot of things we can do to prepare, but then there are all those unexpected things like what if someone can't complete the hike? Or what if the days are really long and the 15 miles don't get finished by dinner time? Are we going to end up doing some night hiking? What if we have some unexpected weather issues? So I think it's important for us to mentally think through these different possible scenarios. I mean, this is a good exercise no matter what level or what length of hike you're going on. It's always good to mentally prepare for the unexpected. But I feel like with this week-long trip and with us inviting our kids to come along with us, it's critical for us to plan for the unexpected. It's funny how different people approach uh, this concept of planning for the unexpected. Steve told us that all of the wildfires this summer are going to be in other parts of the state. <laughs> and they're not going to be along the Pacific Crest Trail. Nope, nope, nope. Just the way it is. <laughs> so we'll see. Reality is that the wildfires might be on the Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, we don't know yet. And sometimes you don't know until the week before that week that you're hiking. Well, when he's out for six weeks, he could be hiking along and get a portion of the trail done and then be blocked by a wildfire and have to route around it and, and skip part of the trail come back to it later, there are those things that could happen. Right. And some of it could happen last minute. Like say our part of the trail that we're doing with him is closed by wildfires. We may be doing a different part of the trail that's not what we planned for. And so we'll have to figure out, okay, this is higher elevation, colder weather. Do we bring our kids? What do we need to pack? But you know, all those things. So I guess part of mental preparation is thinking through all of those things that could come up, and staying nice and loose, you know, rolling your shoulders back, taking a deep breath and saying, okay, now what? <laughs> and uh, moving forward from there. I asked Steve, I said, what if you don't make the miles that you've planned for and you don't get to Willamette Pass by the time that we're supposed to meet up with you? And he said, I will make the miles and I will be at Willamette Pass on that day when you meet up with me. So that was his response. Now, in my mind, I'm still doing the contingency planning. Are we going to meet up with him at mile 1850 instead of mile 1906? Is that a possible contingency? Or if he gets behind, is he going to skip a few miles of trail to get back up to what the itinerary calls for? I don't know. So trying to think through that in my mind. Expect the unexpected. Well, we're super excited for this trip. I'm excited that our three boys are coming with us. I, I love spending time with them and I love spending time with you too, Josh, I guess <laughs> my four boys. Um, but yeah, this is a pretty significant trip and we haven't taken a trip this significant since my first backpacking trip. So I'm excited to get out on the trail for an extended length of time, push myself, discover more things about myself and the people around me, look for opportunities to serve others and just learn from the trail. For today's Summit Gear Review, we'll be reviewing Camp Rents. Camp Rents is a little startup, which I love. Little startups have so much 
energy and excitement and they're so cute and they have so much potential. I really love it. Startups are so cute. They are. I love the energy. The people who start up businesses are trying to make a difference in the world. They see a need and they are moving forward with solving a problem. So I'm just inspired by people who do startups. So Camp Rents is a backpacking equipment rental company. So you go to camprents.com and you can schedule your trip at least a week out so there's time to ship it to you and they will send you the basics of backpacking. That means you'll get things like a backpack, a tent, sleeping pad, a sleeping bag, stormproof matches, a camp stove, breakfasts and dinners, a water filtration system, things like that that are the basics of a backpacking trip. And then there's a little list of things that you need to grab, things that may be personal items like toilet paper, food for lunches, a pillow, a map of where you're going to, personal water bottle, a knife or a multi-tool, bug spray, sunscreen. So things that are either disposable items or personal items that wouldn't make sense to ship out. So if you've never been backpacking before and you just want to get started, but you don't want to commit to any gear, in fact, you don't even have room in your little apartment for storing gear, you don't even know if you're going to go on more than one trip, this is a great way to go because it ends up being a little more than $50 a day which is definitely way cheaper than a hotel room. And then you get a chance to evaluate the gear, see if there are any pieces of gear that are included in the pack that you love and would want to buy, and just see if backpacking is something that speaks to you. This gives you an opportunity to try it out. And then all you have to do when you come back from your trip is stick the return label back on the box that the pack was shipped to you in, and then send all the gear back, make sure it is dry, and stinky, but not wet or muddy. So you may need to do a little pre-clean, but not a deep clean. So it's okay if it's stinky gear, if it smells like campfire or BO, Camp Rents will take care of all of that and give it a nice, good cleaning. For investment, it is $220 with a two-day minimum. And so it kind of goes up from there for each day that you're out with a seven-day maximum. So it ends up being around $70 a day to rent the pack. And then all the shipping is included in the fee. So you don't pay for it to be shipped out and you don't pay to ship it back. On top of the rental fee, there is a daily late fee. So if you get back from your trip and you leave the gear sitting around in your apartment because you just didn't get around to shipping it back yet, you're paying $50 a day to keep that stinky gear sitting in your apartment. Right, but say you're out on the trail and you're like, we need to stay one more night. This is too amazing. Go ahead and stay another night and it'll be $50 for the late fee. So you can think of it that way too. So Camp Rents is a good way to go if you're a city dweller with limited space or if you're a rare backpacker or a first-time backpacker that knows absolutely zero about what gear to even bring or if you just want to try out some different gear. Camp Rents uses solid, time-tested brands. So it was an Osprey pack. It was a Thermarest Z-Lite pad. That's the closed cell foam? Right, the kind right. of zigzaggy one that folds up instead of rolls up. It's a closed cell foam with some reflective stuff on top. So a good, lightweight, inexpensive pad. Not compact compared to an inflatable pad. 
So a bit of a trade-off there. Right, and it was a Kelty sleeping bag. Was it a down bag or synthetic? Right now, Camp Rents uses synthetic bags, but I think they're also looking at including down bags as an option. But it kind of depends on what setting you'll be in, because down doesn't perform very well in humid, damp conditions. But synthetic is great. But synthetic doesn't compress down as well. So, you know, there's benefits to both. But right now they just use synthetic. Okay, so a bit of a trade-off there as well. Uh, um, Synthetic bags generally cost a little less. Uh, They're okay on weight. Not fantastic on weight like down bags, but definitely not as compressible. So more bulk. Uh, But a good strong pack to carry it in, so that helps. Uh, what kind of stove did they send you? The stove was a jet boil. It didn't come with a butane canister, but it did come with a little... I guess, coupon or something for a retailer that would give me a butane canister. But the retailer was like 40 miles away and we could pick up a butane canister just at the store down the street. So I didn't end up using the canister coupon, but good idea. So how about food? You said that they send this packed with food. You said breakfast and dinner, and then you put in your own trail food? Right, yeah. So it came with a couple packs of oatmeal and some almond butter for breakfast, which you could definitely supplement that with, you know, dried fruit and whatever else you want to add to breakfast. And then the dinners were from Backpackers Bistro, and the calorie range of the dinners was from 3.30 to 5.30. So definitely you could supplement that with some other food too. Yeah, that wouldn't do it for me for dinner. That'd be about half of my dinner. So I'd want to throw in a lot more trail food and and have one of these backpacker bistro meals along with some extra trail food. So if you do need to rent backpacking equipment, go check out camprents.com and we will put the link in today's show notes. For today's backpack hack of the week, Half Mile's PCT app for smartphones. The PCT app by Half Mile is, uh, I think I would classify it as a bare bones app for all the information you need about the Pacific Crest Trail. It's GPS enabled, so at any moment you know where you are on the trail, or if you're off trail, like when we're sitting here at home, it'll tell us that we're, you know, 100 miles away from such and such point on the Pacific Crest Trail. And as you're hiking along the trail, it has all of these waypoints that you can check out with really good detailed information about campsites, water sources, which are really important, trailheads and other trail junctions, road crossings, places where you can get services like food or laundry services, etc. And the reason I say it's bare bones is because there's no map involved with this app. It just knows where you are on GPS and it shows you the closest waypoint on the trail. Basically, it lists all of these waypoints or markers along the Pacific Crest Trail from mile zero to mile, what is it, 2640? And wherever you are, you can then scroll up or down on the list to see the waypoints or markers that are north of you and south of you. For example, we are going to start on the Pacific Crest Trail at mile 1906, the Willamette Pass Trailhead. And looking on Half Mile's PCT app, I can see that at mile 1908, two miles in, there's a water source. It's Lower Rosary Lake, and there's water and a campsite there. It's on the Pacific Crest Trail, so I don't need to divert off of the trail to get to it. And it gives me directions, elevation, latitude, longitude, all of that for that watering source. 
So this is an app that I'm going to have on my phone as we spend our week on the Pacific Crest Trail. It's going to help me know what's coming up. And I'm really going to rely on it, I think, for information about water. That's going to be really helpful. I have checked out a few other apps about the Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, one that I installed along with Half Miles PCT app. Another app that I installed along with Half Miles PCT app is the Pacific Crest Trail app by HikerBot. That app is amazingly detailed with map, photos, trail reports, all kinds of stuff. The downside is it ate up 5% of my battery in 11 minutes using it. When I'm on the trail, I, you know, I can't, I can't find that much electricity to keep my phone charged. So that's why I'm really going to turn to Half Miles app. It's bare bones and simple, and it used like 0% of my battery. Uh, as I used it over a period of several minutes. And so I know that it's something that I can have on my phone and refer to and not worry about uh, what's going to happen to my battery. It also only takes 13 megs of storage on my phone. The other PCT app that I downloaded took two and a half gigabytes of storage on my phone. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, because it cached everything, maps, photos, all of that stuff. But Half Miles app, it's going to fit on your phone. It's going to use very little battery. And I think that's an important criteria when you're out on a long hike. Yeah, and it just sounds like a backpacker's philosophy too. Like everything you need, nothing you don't, as light as possible. So yeah, the Half Mile app is the perfect fit for backpackers. And it's only for the PCT right now, right? That's right. Pacific Crest Trail, that's kind of Half Mile's thing. There are lots of free maps online too for the PCT on Half Mile's website. So if you wanted to just download and print a certain part of the PCT, then that's a great place to go if you don't want to download the app. I'll probably end up printing off some physical maps from Half Mile's website, but then you will have the app, so... Between the two of us, we'll have it covered. We'll be good. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Vincent Van Gogh. He said, I am seeking, I am striving, I am in it with all my heart. And we have one more thing before we wrap up, actually. I just remembered we are doing something a little bit crazy. We have a YouTube channel and we are starting a new show on our YouTube channel called What Would You Pack? If you have a trip that you're planning for, we will pack, quote unquote pack, for that trip. So you'll see what pack we would bring, what tent we would pack if we were going on your trip, uh, what clothes. We'll even pack food. You'll see every single piece of gear that we would pack if we were going on that trip. So if you want us to pack for your trip on What Would You Pack, go to thefirst40miles.com slash pack. And there's a form there that you can fill out. It'll ask you all sorts of personal questions about yourself and about the trip so we can get an idea of exactly what should go into your pack. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for fun backpacking books and merch, check out thefirst40miles.com slash shop. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. Today's backpack hack for the week. <laughs> I've never done this before. <laughs> uh.
so it didn't uh it didn't come i want to kind of re-say that sorry <laughs> it, uh, the mic is hot 